0: A series that we've been calling who's the minister here and um, in case you just tuning in I want to say welcome I'm crazy I'm black and yes I'm wearing yellow camo pants and this is about to be the most impactful message and the most deploying message in this entire series. The whole premise of this thing is that most people think I'm the minister, but I'm not the minister here. The Bible tells us that pastors, teachers, um, apostles, prophets, their whole job is to equip the minister. Yes, you to do works of serious works of service. I dare somebody say I'm the minister here. Come on. Say it right now. I'm the minister here. And that's why God doesn't need another pastor or a bishop or apostle in government or in entertainment or in the music industry or in teaching. He needs you to take ownership of the calling that he's placed on your life. And if you would just stand up and not be silent, he said, my minister's already in every place that I need them to be. And last week we talked about, all right, if we're going to be the minister, we're going to have to mature. And so we're not going to be a Toys R Us minister. We're going to be a maturing minister. And this week, I believe God told me that it would be um, irresponsible of me if we would go through this entire series and then not deploy people. So, like, if we would talk about, oh, I'm the minister here, but all you do is sit back on your couch and be like, oh, I love Transformation Church. Boy, I watch Pastor Mike all the time. Oh, he's so good. No, no, That does not move the kingdom of God forward many times all that does is pacify the things that are in us and a lot of times this just perpetuates selfishness within our heart because as long as I'm healed as long as I'm whole as long as me and my family is taken care of screw everybody else but God said that's not what I did when I came to send Jesus to die he said the whole purpose was I'm gonna take this I'm a sacrifice I'm gonna become what everybody else needs so that I can serve the whole world and my thing is if God said Jesus greater works what we do where's your sacrifice where's your service what are we doing to take this message beyond our mess I just said something how do we take the message beyond our mess cuz y'all know we just want the message oh Lord I hope Heaven's got a word for me today and and I hope that God does have a word for you today but how many words do you need before you say somebody else needs this how many prayers do you need before you offer up one prayer i'm just asking you a question right now how many times do you need to god to come through for you until you're an agent to come through on god's behalf for somebody else what i'm saying to you is church if we don't get beyond our seat of comfortability and what benefits us. We will never do what God created us to do as the church was to become an example and then take it to other people. And today your pastor's on one. (laughs) I'm about to come real strong at you this morning as we end this series. And I want you to buckle up. Somebody say buckle up. I want to see it in the comments right now. I'm watching you right now. Buckle up because we're about to go to another level. Now, one of the things that I have to admit that as we've been in quarantine, um, it sucks. First off, (laughs) um, second thing I need you to know is that I miss having tons of people around. Usually my house is like the epicenter of like gathering and communication. So I decided today we're gonna have a house party. Now, if anybody's ever been to a house party, there are like four key ingredients that you need for any successful house party. The first thing you need, and you might not think this is essential, but I'm telling you it's essential. The first thing you need for any house party is a table, okay, you need a table, can y'all bring me out a table real quick, because um, the the reason that you need a table at a house party, no, 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 we won't be at the table the whole time, but the thing about the table is, the table is the gathering place, it's the place that everybody comes around, now, maybe not for some of y'all, because somebody in your family can't cook, but at a black household, (laughs) when my mama's there, my wife is there, and some of these people, where we gather is around The table. Everybody say the table. And the reason we get around the table is because of the second ingredient that we need is food. When you get around the table, y'all, there's some fried chicken here, some mashed potatoes, some mac and cheese, some green beans, some roast. And I told them to bring real food because I may get hungry during this message. So that's real food. I'm gonna eat some of it in a little bit. But but the reason to have any good house party, you need a table because it's the gathering place. Then you need food. And then the third thing that you need, and, and, and some of y'all don't know nothing about this because y'all eat in silence, but you need a playlist. You cannot have a good house party without good music. DJ, could you put me on some music, please? This is how we do it. Ah! Hey, now you know. This is how we do Hey, you know food tastes better. you got some good music that was good my god turn the music off my god today Mm. where that chicken from my god (laughs) now i gotta swallow it hold on (laughs) Mm. glory god now i got a table the gathering place i got the food because it's the substance i got the playlist i got the atmosphere the only thing that i need is people Travis, where are the people that's supposed to be here for my example. Hold on one second, y'all. You forgot to invite the people. There's um there's about a hundred thousand people online right now, Travis. <laughs> are you trying to get fired? I need I need people here because the table's set, the food is there. The atmosphere is right but who was over the invites y'all missed it there's no Travis out here Travis is you because C- at the end of the day I think this is how God feels every Sunday it is is when he comes in and 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 he makes a table the church, the gathering place. And no, it's not happening in a building, but it's happening all over the world. And then he sets food. And that's why we and him are in the kitchen all week long trying to say, is this the dish we're supposed to cook? Is, is this what I'm supposed to season this with? Less of me, more of you. Teach me, great chef, how to make this meal. The food is here. The atmosphere is set. The worship that just went forth, the giving, our hearts are open. But where are the And the crazy thing about it is the people is not the pastor's job. The people is not the worship team's job. The people is the minister's job. So if we are a church that is going to move the message of Jesus Christ, if people are going to get nourished, if people are going to be able to to heal from this world's um, anemic level of living, They're gonna have to come to a gathering place where there is nutritious food, where they can get in the right atmosphere and they can be transformed. But who's over the invites? And this is where my burden is because I felt like as I was praying this week, God said, Michael, I'm tired of full plates, empty tables, and silent servants. Full plates, empty tables, And silent servants. I need you to write that down. That's the title of my message today. I'm going right for the gusto. This is the season where the church stops allowing full plates, empty tables, and silent servants. For too many years of my own life, I was around things that could transform other people's life and never shared it with them. I was in atmospheres where people were getting healed, delivered, and set free. And then I would go outside of there and see people addicted to all kinds of substances and never even offer them Jesus. I'm not coming at you. I'm telling my own story. This thing has a way of making you feel like you're okay if you're on the inside and and, and not sharing what you have with anybody on the outside. But I came to put a stop to that today because we are the ministers here and we believe in what this thing is that we are claiming right now. And Christ is the answer to the whole world's problem. But how will they know if somebody don't tell them? And I'm sitting here at this moment and, and I'm, I'm thinking about next week being Easter. Now, I need everybody to understand, I couldn't have planned this. I couldn't have planned that we were in the middle of a pandemic. I couldn't have planned that I literally, me and Charles were looking at a clip from 2016, I think it was, when I said, I'm going to do a series called Who's the Minister Here? I didn't, this could have happened any time. And we're the week before the greatest um, um, celebration of the Christian faith. And I need you to understand why this is the greatest celebration of the Christian faith I feel like preaching right now. It's because there are other religions and there are other gods, a little jeep. But the thing that separates our God from every other God is all of them died. But only one got up. Oh, y'all don't hear me in the building today. All of them died. But only one caught up with power and love and grace and mercy and conquered death, hell and the grave. I dare somebody to say he got up. He got up. And because he got up, he's not a statue. Because he got up. He's working in the affairs of your life right now. Because he got up. The addiction to pornography that used to hold me down no longer has a hold on me. Because he got up. I feel like fighting somebody. I don't know what's happening up here. Because he got up. And that's why we celebrate Easter. It's because God made a plan for us to be reconciled back to him. Through Jesus Christ and Jesus died and he went into the tomb and they thought he was going to stay there. But on that third day, that mug rolled away and he got up and because he got up, look at me, you can get up because he got up no matter what is on you right now. No matter what tomb you think you're in, this ain't even my message, but somebody needs this encouraged. No matter what's going on in your life, because he got up, he said that you're supposed to follow my pattern. He said the only reason God sent him to earth is so that we could know how to walk. So you got to take the end too. So whatever tomb you've been lying in, whatever tomb your marriage has been in, whatever tomb, whatever they thought they killed, I feel this thing. God said, because I got up, you can get up. And that's why I want everybody to understand me today. The reason why the church has to be the loudest bullhorn for what's about to happen next week is because we have the antidote to everybody's problem. Would you have the cure for coronavirus and keep it for only you? The question would be um, if, if you had the cure right now. The government can't find it, but in your house, somehow you'd have mixed up some stuff and done some things and all that other stuff and you get the cure. You would be considered a terrorist if you had the cure and would not give it to other people. I want you to think about that right now, that just in the same way that if we had the cure for coronavirus, we would share it with everybody. We have the cure for humanity, and his name is Jesus. But why then do we have full plates, empty tables, and silent servants? Today I'm coming to inspire you that no longer will I know what changed me and not tell somebody. (laughs) No longer will I be able to stand around when I see people abusing substances to just be able to function during the day and I serve a God and one of his names is the Prince of Peace, there's no way that I could be able to sit and listen to everybody's hurt and pain and then make a a blasphemous statement that I'm lying about, like I'll pray for you, knowing that when you walk away from them, you're never even going to go to God on their behalf. How dare us? To have the answer. Do you know where you used to be? See, I think some people have forgotten, Charles. I think some people have forgotten, Bree. I think some people have forgotten, Mama, that all of us were given the cure of Jesus Christ. And no, we're not perfect because on this sin nature we'll never be. But we're progressing. You used to cuss everybody out. You used to go to the DMs to get satisfied. You used to pour up just to be able to have fun. But look what God has done in your life. And you wouldn't offer that to somebody else, terrorist. I know it's strong. I know it's strong. But what's going to wake us up? The entire world is shut down now and your mouth is still shut. Everybody's looking for an answer and you still not going to say nothing. You see celebrity after celebrity, your favorite sports stars. Everybody want to do a worship night on their Instagram live. And you still not going to share it with the people who are right around you. What will it take? The death count just in the U.S. has gone up over 4,000 people in one week. And are you thinking about the eternities of those people? are you just hoping we can get back to normal? No, 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 I want you to think for that, there was more people that, there are people that could fill this arena right now and they will no longer take another breath on this earth. And did you care for one moment where they spent the rest of their life? See, the question really is not, why are they gone? The question is, why are you still here? And for me, As the Lord beat my butt this week over who I've invited to church, who I've shared my personal testimony with, how I've used social media to be able to engage people, not just in laughs, but in life change. He said, Michael, he said, I can't have any more full tables or full plates, empty tables and silent servants. So today I have to help you because some of you don't understand that God came for whoever would accept him, whoever would give their life, whoever would listen. And some of y'all like, well, who does whoever include? Let me help you with the list. This is who Jesus came for. He came for the lost and the found. He came for the broken. He came for the hurt. He came for the addicted. He came from the self-righteous. And this is my question real quick. If you could remember just for a second where you came from and you're watching with something on the comments, when I say something, Something That has applied to you in your life. Would you just put a hand up right there? Would you just throw a, throw a high five up like, ooh, pastor, that was me. If you were broken or lost or if you were hurt, if you were addicted, if you're self-righteous, wealthy, college student, atheist, cool God, the single parent, this is whoever God has died for. He died for the the blue-collar worker, the drug dealer, the church, the homosexual, the liar, the Democrat, the Republican, the racist, the hypocrite, the fashionable, the fashionless, the nerd, the president, the prostitute. He died for whoever. And when we start trying to classify if they're worthy of the grace of God, we've just gotten, and the Bible tells us, we become an enemy of God. You, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When I died, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him, they shall not perish, but have everlasting life the gospel is for whoever and i'm coming to expand somebody's faith because i believe that next weekend all over the world that we're gonna see hundreds of thousands if not millions of salvations i need somebody's faith to graze with me right now not just at transformation church i'm talking all over the world thousands hundreds of thousands millions of salvations because this whole thing is about open hearts And I want you to understand God's not trying to come into somebody's head. He's trying to come into your heart. And do you know that a lot of times we be so deep and so spiritual about stuff that we don't even pay attention to practical stuff. The trends show us, every trend shows us that people's hearts and minds are more open to the message of Jesus Christ next week than ever in an entire year. On Easter weekend, literally I found this Google search and I want to show it to you. This right here is when the word church was put into the Google search bar. Okay. I want you to see that the highest time that the word church was put into the Google search bar is at Easter. This is when people are saying, hey, I'm not going to try this any other time. But right now I'm going to see what church should I go to or is there a church around me? And the next highest time is Christmas. What I'm trying to say is people's hearts are open, but why are God's ministers and servants silent? (sighs) Do you know that when they did a study, they asked how many people, they asked to 100,000 people, I believe it was, how many people um, would come to church? And 39% of the people said, yes, I'm going to church. I'm going to church on Easter. And 20% of the people said they were unsure. And 41% of the people said no. That means that 61% of population right now is currently not planning on participating in something that could transform their life. That would be like them saying the coronavirus has a cure and 61% of the population deciding they're not going to get that vaccine. What I'm telling you is that all statistics tell us if somebody they know or come in contact with them, would give them a personal testimony. Yeah, I tried it out, it's good. Hey, you should probably come. Oh no, I feel a thousand percent better. If, if you know what the Bible says, we overcome them by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimonies. If you would just tell somebody, yeah, you should come. You should, you should be a part of what God's doing. 61% of people would have the opportunity to find the cure or transformation in Christ. And that's why I'm, I'm burdened with this right now. I'm burdened because this is the cure for humanity's disease or dis-ease. Every person that is having a dis-ease right now, Jesus is the answer. I remember an old song said, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. So Jesus is the answer. For the world today, (laughs) Ah. above Him there's no other. Jesus is the way. My question is: Do you really believe it? The church wasn't called Christians; they were called the Way. (laughs) And I need—I need to stop right here because everybody who's been watching Transformation Church and Transformation Nation, yo, I, I have a real. I have a real serious ask of you right now. Don't just rep the brand because it's popular. Don't just come here because you think I'm a cool pastor and I'm funny. All that was bait. I'm trying to enlist you into an army. An army that is going to believe and represent this brand of Jesus Christ. Not Transformation Church. Because there's people watching that don't even go to this church. You go to another church. I don't care about the church you go to. I care about the kingdom you represent. And I'm asking you, man, can we go ahead and literally populate heaven and plunder hell this week? I'm, I'm asking you to start this thing up. I don't. I feel the presence of God. Some of y'all are like, when is he going to get to a point? Baby, if you ain't caught a point yet, you sleep. What I'm telling you right now is the point is that he did not save you for yourself. He saved you for somebody else. And if they, if he could do it with you, with all your baggage and all your brokenness and all your mistakes and how you continue to fall, but he still saved you, you are the poster child for the grace of God. And God is saying to all of us right now, would you represent me or represent me or represent me to the entire world? No matter if they're lost or they're found for one reason, they they can be transformed in Christ. Come on. Somebody needs to give God praise right there. If you are going to be the minister where you have been called to in your house, on your block, if you're going to be the minister there, I dare you to say, I'm the minister here. Come on. So I want to take you to a story in Luke chapter 14 to just illustrate this whole thing to you real quick. Luke chapter 14, backstory is Jesus is in the house of a Pharisee, somebody who's super religious and and is kind of a hypocrite. Um, And then he heals a man on the Sabbath. This dude was swole up like Sherman from the nutty professor and he heals him and he comes back down and the people starting to judge. But then some other people is like, yo, let me sit by Jesus. They was clout jumping at that moment. And Jesus said, let me teach these boys a quick lesson on humility. And he tells a parable just for everybody who's a nerd right now. Parable, it comes from a a different transformation translation that says parable. Anytime you see para or para, that means something that's uh, coming alongside to help. So Jesus would tell parables or he would tell stories to come alongside and help a truth. That's why anytime you hear the word paramedic, they're coming to help you medically. They're coming to help. Or parachute, they're coming to save your life. They're coming to help when you get thrown out of a plane. Or a paraclete, that's another name for the Holy Spirit. And that's who he's supposed to be in this time where everybody's walking in fear. The paraclete is the God who comes alongside to help us. And this is the thing that I need you to know. God wants to help us. And so there he gives a parable. And he says, hearing this in verse 15, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. (laughs) That would be awesome, wouldn't it? And then Jesus replied with this. Yeah, that would be awesome, huh? Let me tell y'all a quick story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant or his ministers to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. This food is about to be bomb. I put my grandmama's hot cooking in it. It It's about to be good. But they all begin making excuses. One said, look at these replies, hey bro, I just bought a whole bunch of land. My real estate game is going all the way up. I bought a field, and I must go and inspect it. Bruh, please excuse me. Tell my man that I'll get them next time. Another one said, oh, don't even worry. I can't come today because I have just bought five pair of oxen or five pair of shoes or five pair of earrings. Like, I don't know what your pair is, but I just bought five pair of these things, and I want to try them all on. Please excuse me, I cannot come cuz I'm about to be flaunting. <laughs> then another one said, this is my favorite one. Hey dog. Uh I have a wife. I can't come. <laughs> that's that's some of y'all know, that's a real real excuse like, hey bro, you coming? No, you know, Shaniqua, she don't, uh -uh, she don't even, she don't even play like that, bro. I got to go cook. Anyway, but, but at the end of the day, they all had excuses. I can't come. Verse 21, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was serious and said, okay, go quickly. Somebody say, go quickly. Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. Ooh, I love this. So his his master said, go out into the country lanes. Go to the places where people don't really look for people. Go behind the hedges. Urge anyone you find or whoever you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of these that I first invited. This is so sad, we'll get even the smallest taste of the banquet. Point number one, the church is the table where people come to get fed. The reason it's time for us to invite like never before is because this is the gathering place. There is nobody in the world that would not come To a table where they had to eat everything they wanted to eat, as much as they wanted to eat, for free. It was already prepared for them. The reason why somebody wouldn't come to this table is because they did not know or they were preoccupied. And this is the state of our world. We have two groups of people. Either they do not know, and we're about to fix that today, because we're going to be ones that invite. Or they are preoccupied with the blessing of God instead of the blesser. What I'm telling you is some of us have been in a place where we've been so consumed with the blessing and we forgot about the blesser. And God's saying to all of us, y'all better remember whose table this is. (laughs) Y'all better remember who gave you the ability to get the land. Matter of fact, I made the land. Matter of fact, I made you out of the dust on the land. Matter of fact, you better remember, and this is why, church, I'm trying to get people to understand that we have to invite people to the table of Jesus Christ because this is where people can actually get food that nourishes them. The news is not giving anything nourishing. (laughs) F- scrolling through Instagram is not going to increase your faith. <laughs> it's not going to give you the things that you need to be able to deal with your kids. You, you see all the death tolls of the coronavirus. You're like, well, if I kill one of my kids, they could just add to the death toll. Like, Yo, like that's not going to help nothing. But that's why we have to invite them to the table. And let me tell you about the chairs around the table. Because I believe this analogy can help change and transform your life. This is the head of the table. This is where I sit, and pastors and leaders and prophets sit. This is the the, the place where the person who's serving the food sits. I'm the dude with the food. I'm the one that's in charge of preparing this meal and making sure that it is done well and it's done right and that people can eat it and it's gluten free and it's and it's organic and everything that all y'all bougie people need for that. This is what my job is to make sure that the table is spread every week. That's why I spend so much time praying, researching, trying to do this because I wanna make sure every time you tune in, every time you log in, every time you come into this building, You don't have to worry, is there good food on the table? And this is why it's so important for pastors to get in their place and be who God's created them to be. You cannot be doing pastoring as as a side gig. This has to be your main responsibility because when you are sitting at that chair, uh, chair four, you are the lead servant. And when you become a lead servant, you are more responsible than anybody else for what they eat. Look what first Peter chapter five, verse two and three says. For every pastor, every leader, it says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. So this is a trusted position. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to watch this word. It's a cuss word for some of us. Serve God. What if you get nothing from it except that you served God? What if they never applaud? What if you don't get a paycheck? But what if the accolade next to your name is a servant of God? It says, don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. That's why people are like, Pastor Mike, why you be putting all this stuff online and all this other stuff? All I'm trying to do is show the reality. I'm trying to be hot, humble, open, and transparent and lead by my good example. Is it perfect? No, but it's progressing and anything I'm wrong at or anything that I do, I will say, this is not me because I want to be a good example for you. And I'm telling everybody that's a hot seat. People that are clamoring to get to that seat at the table. That ain't the seat you want to be in unless you count up the cost. Look what James 3.3 says. It says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of us should become teachers in the church. (laughs) There there ain't too many of us that probably want this position. Why? Because ah, for the ones who teach will be judged more strictly. So every time I get up here. And I sit in this table and I speak to you. God's not judging me on the same level that he's judging you. Why? Because he has put and entrusted people into my care. And if I don't care about it, if I don't pray for y'all, if I don't ask God to correct me, if I don't humble myself, God says, we'll talk. I got something for you because you're not going to lead my children to the slaughter. You're not you're not going to you're not going to send them down paths of manipulation or paths that try to make them work for my grace. You better watch what you say. And that's why I'm encouraging you. I don't do this as a light thing. I pray, I kneel before every time I come up here and I say, God, less of me and more of you. Don't let my opinion go out. Let your word go out, God. You know how to control this tongue. Change my mind, change my heart. Because if we could ever get life-giving churches everywhere where everybody that sits in that chair is so concerned and so preparational for the people who are coming to the table, I think more people would come and eat the filet mignon of the word and not just chicken nuggets. Hear what I'm saying to you. It is my job to get with the Holy Spirit and make sure we're serving up the filet mignon. And some of y'all like filet mignon, y'all. Yeah. is that? It's the best cut of the meat. It's the most tender part. It's the one that you can eat it without any sauce. It's the one and that's what God wants for you. But it only comes if you're sitting at the right table. And so I'm encouraging everybody, make sure you're in a place. It does not have to be Transformation Church. You know, I I promote other churches and other leaders all the time. Just make sure you're in a life-giving place where the chef cares about what you eat. Because if you eat well, you'll start to live well. And I'm encouraging you right now, don't eat crap and expect to live a healthy, godly life. I got to move on. Let me tell you about chair number three. (laughs) Chair number three, I'm super excited about this chair because many of you have moved to this chair during this series. This chair is for maturing ministers. This chair is for people who are proactive in their relationship with God. This chair is for people who will not only say they're a part of what's happening, but they will serve it. They will stay connected to it. They are the ones that will be in the place and they'll share their faith and they'll sow into it. When you start maturing, you will do those four things. That's how you know that you'll share, you'll serve, You'll sow and you'll stay. You'll share, you'll serve, you'll sow and you'll stay. They're sold out to the vision. And I just want to say thank you, Transformation Church, because so many of you are maturing believers. Can I tell you in the midst of pandemic, the offering and the giving and the service has not gone down. It's gone up because people said in this moment, I'm not going to drop my anchor on what society is saying. I'm going to drop my anchor on the thing that I know works. And we've been able to go out and help and partner with people and be on the front line and meet people's needs and all that because of your maturing minister beliefs that this is not something that I get in and get out of depending on what's happening in the world. I will serve, I will share, I will sow, and I will stay. And as your pastor, I want to say thank you. There are people's lives being transformed all over the world because of maturing ministers. And then chair number two, this is the thing, that I need to uh, no. one more thing I got to say about chair number three chair number three we're the first responders spiritually so so when when you hear about somebody needing prayer when you sit in chair number three (laughs) thank you Holy Spirit when you sit in chair number three and you hear about somebody needing something you don't sit here and keep eating you get up from the table When, when you hear about a family that's broken and lost you don't keep just eating you get up from the table and you say hold on what do you need do you need your drink refilled do you need something can i do something for you if we are going to be the church of jesus christ maturing believers are not there to be served we are there to serve others let me tell you about chair number two people these are people who are fresh in their faith and i love this because this chair this chair right here is for everybody that's saying you know what i'm sick of living my own way and I've made a decision for Jesus Christ. And there's many people watching right now that something in your heart is tugging on you. You're like, maybe this is it. Maybe that's the God. Like maybe I know he wearing a verified by God t-shirt. Is that a sign to me, Lord? And he's saying, yes. This is my sign that I want you to move from being around the table and I want you to sit down. I want you to accept me as your Lord and Savior. I want you to progress in your relationship. And yeah, one day you will progress and you'll be a mature minister. But right now, I'm so glad that you're just at the table. It kind of is like the guy, the, the, the father, the prodigal son, who, who he said, I want to throw a party for my son who's been a long way off. And he said, all I want him to do is be back at the house. And the first thing, y'all know what they did when he came home? They threw a house party. They threw a house party. They got the table and they put the food. Why? Because the son who was once lost is back home. And today, Transformation Church, I want to tell you that during this series, 1447 people have come home. And because y'all don't hear me, they took their seat at the fresh believers table and they said, I don't want to eat out in the elements anymore. I want to come into the house. I want to sit at the table and I want to be considered a son. And I'm telling you for everybody watching me right now, that is available to you today. And the last chair I got to talk to you about is the first chair. This first chair is the most important chair because this chair is for people who are far from God. And I want to I want to explain this to you. If you just give me a few moments, this chair is the chair that's not gonna know no scriptures. This chair is still gonna smell like